Welcome to the Alpha Girl Confidence Podcast, where we are empowering youth female athletes to play and live confidently. My name is Shay Hatto, and each week I will bring you new episodes to teach you the strategies and tools that you need in order to live a confident, empowered life both on and off the playing field. Hey, welcome back to the show. So on today's episode, I sat down with some very special guests, the founders of Soccer Girl Probs, Carly, Alana, and Shannon. Soccer Girl Probs' mission is to encourage the well-being and positive self-image of young female athletes everywhere. Through their lifestyle brand, they empower and provide the tools to support young female athletes to build a stronger foundation and have the confidence to proudly grow into the women they will become. I've been following Soccer Girl Probs from the very moment that they started back in 2011. They helped me and my teammates to get out of a hard, tough preseason, so I'm super excited to have them on the show today for you to listen. And in this episode, we dive into how to come back from challenges, how to improve your mental health and ask for help, how to improve team dynamics both from a player's perspective and a coach's perspective, and so much more. This was such a fun episode, and I can't wait for you to listen. So whether you're a player, you're a parent, or a coach of any sport, there are tons of valuable wisdom and information in this episode, so I can't wait for you to listen. Enjoy. Soccer Girl Probs, welcome to the show. So excited to have you guys on. How, how are you guys doing today? We're great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so it, I'm pretty sure that like everyone who listens to my podcast probably listens to your guys' podcast. So if they don't, they're probably living under a rock. Um, but I want to hear a little bit like what your guys's mission is with soccer girl probs moving forward. I know you guys are, you know, already making a huge impact, but what do you guys see, you know, as your impact down the road? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it just comes down to just empowering female athletes to feel confident and comfortable in their skin. And that's on the field, off the field. And recently we've been really um, focusing on holistically supporting the athletes. So helping them feel confident in nutrition and injury prevention and how to speak to their parents, like everything that it, all the aspects of being an athlete, that's what we want to help with. Yeah. And that's huge because a lot of times I think it's focused on like one, one part of the athlete right? And not even athlete, but I feel like you guys are focusing on the whole person, which is huge. So I feel like we're, we're really aligned that way. Um, but I'm curious for, for each of you guys, like what are, I want to hear like each of your guys' biggest challenges that you've had to go through in your careers and like the lesson you learned from it. In our soccer careers. Yeah, it could be anything really, whatever you want to, whatever you want to share. Oh, this is a good one. I mean, there's I, personally for me, I mean, we're, I'm a work in progress. I know that. And I think that just growing up, it just like my mental side of things was not there. I personally was really bad at, at getting over messing up. I mean, we were just discussing this on our podcast with you, but like my mental game was not good. My body language, I would look at the floor every time. Like if I messed up, and I just felt like I didn't really know how to support myself and how to flip my mindset until I started reading more and like graduated and talked to people, got help. And I think that's so important. So I think mine was just like a long-term issue with mindset growing up. Yeah. What curious, what, what books you said you read books, what any specific books you read that kind of helped you with that? So the one that I, re that I really love is a new earth 
by mm. Eckhart Tolle. Have you ever read it? I, I try, uh, but it takes me a minute. It's, it's a really complex book. So I, I've read part of it. It is. <laughs> it's really complex. And like, it just talks about how basically like your spirit and your ego are two different things. And my whole career, I ran on ego, like mm-hmm. always trying to perform. It goes for a lot of athletes, but always trying to for, perform and be the best, but you're always in survival mode because you're like, I need to do this. I need to do this to survive. And your mind just like creates these it creates a really hard mindset for you to like shake. And then I moved into like thinking more about the spirit and how like just letting go of that need to feel accepted and like just loving yourself from within and just, so it's two, two different mindsets that they talk about within the book. And it really did help me shift my mindset and get away from the ego and the survival mode that I was living off of my whole life. <laughs> I love that. I, I'll have yeah. to go finish it now. So thanks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Whoever wants to share next. I'll go. Um, I think one of my biggest struggles probably just throughout sport and work and school and everything is uh, just the way that I would compartmentalize as I guess like a coping mechanism for things. Um, when I was going through college, my dad was really sick with cancer. And I think I developed some terrible coping mechanisms of like keeping everything in different compartments and soccer was stressful and school was stressful and that was stressful. And I had them all in these separate stressful buckets that I never dealt with. And when they would, one would overflow, it would pour into the other and it would make me then mess up school or mess up soccer or if soccer was frustrating me for the day it would heighten the stress that I felt in all the other areas of my life. So I think just uh, learning to not compartmentalize and to how to like kind of just deal with the things that are going on in a much healthier way is something that I learned after the fact, unfortunately, but like doing this business and just learning the ways that you can really holistically care for yourself um, is something I wish I had back then. So I think that's one of our big missions is to, you know, help girls through that as well. Yeah. And I will get to, I want to ask you guys what some of those practices are um, a little bit after, after this, but yeah. What about you, Shannon? I feel like in high school, I didn't have any anxiety with sports. Like I, or if I did, it was like channeled positively, but then with college, I really struggled with like accepting the things that I couldn't control, whether that was starting or playing time. And it was like, I always felt like I put a hundred percent effort in, but I would let the anxiety take away from everything I was doing to be my best. So I think, I think, I mean, I still have part of it, even with like simple things. Like when I run marathons, I like have that mindset where I have to get out of that anxiety. I'm like, this is supposed to be fun. Why am I putting pressure on myself? I'm like out of college. Um, but just things like yoga and meditating and like listening to different podcasts on like the mindset seemed to help me. But I definitely think that like college soccer was the time that it was like the highest point for that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, right. Meditating, which is absolutely huge, right. For you, Alana, like what's one of those, or whether it was back, back in that time when you were struggling or now, like for you, like what's one of your non-negotiables for like your physical and your mental health? Um, I really like breathing exercises. Mm. I'm not a good meditator. It just doesn't, (laughs) doesn't flow with me like nothing about shutting things off it's just not the way that operates so I but breathing has really done wonders for me just in terms of like calming anxiety and 
they, like you talk about it, finding a reset for yourself like that, that the deep breath or the moments to slow my breath down is, has been like a huge, like, I literally wish, I don't think I ever took a deep breath for all four years of college. And I feel like <laughs> I wish I just like sat down and did that every once in a while or took a moment like to recognize when I was feeling triggered at my worst and to, yeah. to shift the gears. That would have been a big thing for me, but I, I like breathing exercises now. So I guess that's my form of yeah. meditation in a weird way. <laughs> Do you have like a go-to uh, technique for your breathing exercises? No, I gotta be honest. I just literally, I of everything for me is a challenge, like a literal competition. <laughs> so I literally try to see like how slowly I can inhale, hold, and then exhale like a little competition with myself, which is probably not very healthy, but <laughs> that's been the way that I do it. No specific thing though. It's funny. I used to have the Apple watch though. And you know, when to be like, mm -hmm. you need to take a, a breath. So that was the first time I started doing that. And I was like, wow, I'm like, I think I almost feel better from doing this. So now I, I just try to keep that rhythm of a breathing exercise going, but yeah. Have you, have any of you guys heard of like alternate nostril breathing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's my, like, I literally did this like this morning before we hopped on your podcast. Cause I like my heart rate's a little high and I did it. And it was so crazy how, how low it gets. So like doing that before games, like I've had plenty of players like, oh my gosh, I tried the alternate astral breathing or like Vox breathing or whatever it is. And then they'll like visualize and it's like a game changer. So that's, oh, that's cool that it you really is. Yeah. My whoop keeps telling me I sleep oh, yeah. better when if I do breathing exercises before it, I go to sleep. Isn't that nuts? No yeah. joke. And like the box breathing, even I think mm -hmm. the Marine Corps uses yeah. that for panic attacks. Yeah. Like I, it's not, I did not do this <laughs> when we were athletes. Like if we had anxiety, I would drink a cup of coffee and have some <laughs> Issues. and have and some I, more anxiety i'd get on the field right. and then i'd have ibs issues and it would just ruin my whole game. <laughs> i know like, right it's the coping like we were talking about the coping mechanisms it's like wild what we didn't know and now like how much like it can actually change your game if you focus on the mental side <laughs> speaking of like speaking of what you didn't know if you had to go back and tell your, let's say, 14-year-old self, if you had to go back and tell your 14-year-old self, like one piece of advice, what would it be for each of you? I'm A big thing that I felt like I was in the dark with was nutrition, like Same. ignorantly in the dark. Or, I, I mean, obviously, you know things that are good for you and things are bad for you, but it's very easy to entirely dismiss it when you don't actually believe it or you don't actually buy into it but I feel like even like Carly and Shannon are like it took health course and learned so much more from them so I'm constantly like learning little things that they talk about and that's just when you actually buy into it and you're like oh wow this is how much better I could have felt if I cared a little bit you know about yeah, or perform better yes literally right. like for, i'm talking entirely perf yeah like because i'm i'm so fueled on like what how can i be the best version of myself especially physically yeah. and that side was just so super neglected back then we always joke we had they hired like a nutritionist to come in and talk to our team and like i i have one takeaway from this guy and it was just about eating bowls of cereal and i don't know why that's literally the only thing i learned from him <laughs> and it was not the right thing to learn either but like it, we we're just so not supported in that way when we were yeah. he uh, told athletes. us for, for a 6 a.m fitness session he told us to get up an hour and a half beforehand and have breakfast i thought like, he said like 3 a.m or something all, yeah <laughs> oh, oh 3 a.m yeah like he was Something like a, interesting alarm, wake up have a granola bar go back yeah. like, that's not that was so outdated and that's yeah. so funny i agree with that one <laughs> 
and also like for me I looking back like I just wish that I was just more grateful to play and yeah. like appreciated playing more because it became a it became a job at one point like mm. I think all three of us can agree like we there was so much pressure on us to to perform and like going to practice I would just during my I think my junior year I was just like I don't want to I'm not having as much fun as I used to like it just sucks so just going back and appreciating playing and being grateful for like pulling out the positives of the day and focusing more on the positives because like that's one thing I do now and it's completely changed my life like thinking about what I'm grateful for and what I do have versus like what I didn't do or don't have or all that stuff it really messed with your mind for sure I love that I love that I know I want to Go ahead, Shannon. Oops, sorry. I was going to say mine's similar. I was just going to say not to put so much pressure on myself. Like, remember, like, you do play to have fun. That's why we're playing. We're not all going to go play professional after, which is great, too. And hopefully they have fun as well. But just to have fun playing the sport that we love. Where Where do you guys feel like most of the, the pressure came from? And, and like, we'll say myself. like in college. Yeah, like yourself. Totally myself. Yeah. But when you were, when we spoke about like looking when you came on our podcast about like always turning to the sideline, I always did that. Like in anything, whether it was a sport or I was just like cooking or I was doing something funny, I'd like immediately turn my head, like without even finishing what I'm doing. Um, But yeah, yeah, totally myself. Yeah. yeah. I, and you know, what's funny. I, I felt like a lot of the pressure was from my, just my mom and like coaches yeah, yeah. Like, I was gonna say coaches yeah. like I because my mom was a single mom and she really wanted us to do really well and she uh-huh. like I remember her just being putting a lot of pressure on me and she would always be like what did the coach say like if the coach didn't mm. talk to me that it was like I did something wrong or she just got like you know she didn't know she was doing that she was just trying to like be supportive we talk about this a lot on the podcast but like it's funny how when you look back you're like I just wish she wouldn't have like did that as soon as I walked off the field you know because it yeah. puts so much pressure on you. Well, and it, it turned us into constantly not wanting to let someone else down. Mm-hmm. Regard, yeah. It's like we have no dis, no regard for if we let ourselves down or not. But I just, as soon as I messed up, I wasn't even mad at myself. I just literally wanted to yeah. see if my coach was mad at me before I even could assess how I felt about the mistake that I just made. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, and you're like, you have like pent up anxiety because you're like, he's going to call me over after the game or when you come off the field and you walk past him or her. <clears throat> you're just like what are they thinking like what are they thinking about even at practice yeah it's great yeah. yeah it's crazy you work yourself up so much mm. like that's yeah and then like you you make the mistake and then you're like looking like who's about to warm up who's gonna come in for me like do you guys remember those times where it's like uh-oh someone just got off the bench and they're coming in for me and then like yeah, that five minutes or whatever while they're warming up like you're totally disengaged from the game yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. interesting and for you guys like the, the, one of the number one problems, in addition to like fear of failure for the girls I work with is fear of judgment, especially for teenagers, like teenage girls. Right. So for you guys, like what, how have you dealt with fear of judgment or, or just like judgment in general, whether it was in your youth career or your college career, or even now, like you guys are so like public facing, like how have you guys dealt with, with fear of judgment? I think a big way that we started was not giving an F about being judged. Like yeah. literally, like literally making idiots out of ourselves because we were, yeah. I, our team, of course, every team has its issues and its dramas and stuff, but our, our team for one was 
an exceptionally weird group of girls. Like we were all weirdos. So we could be really stupid and like laugh at ourselves and make fun of each other. And that environment definitely helped get rid of like the the judgment that you see more at I feel like the high school and middle school level it's it's super super heavy um yeah but yeah it's, it's just it's nuts to see now and like I coach young kids too and like they can be so mean to each other yeah like I don't even like just because I think they don't understand even how they're making each other feel yeah um but one of the the big things I've always realized is like if you've ever had a teammate when you mess up or, or something come over to you and just be like, don't worry, like, don't worry about it. Like, just shake it off. And you realize like the difference that that can make. Mm. Everyone should want to be that teammate for each other because the judgment and the, oh, it's so hard like that. You don't need that added stress on top of <laughs> playing already, which is stressful sometimes, you know? Alana, that's so profound because it's like, you have to treat people the way that you want to be treated. And I feel like by so an athlete doing that and supporting another teammate, it then makes them feel good. Like yeah. it makes them feel confident and better about themselves. So it's like, just be, just doing that is such a good practice. Like you don't have to like bash someone that's not going to make you feel better about yourself. And like, they, and everyone growing up, especially the young, the young players, I, they're probably so self, you know, insecure and se- like, have no self-confidence at all at some point. So it's like, you're only going to make that so much worse if you're that person who's like making comments or bashing them. Like, it's a really good piece of advice. I was going to say, I feel like each player is different too. Like whether that's like, even on our team, you kind of know like, all right, with this person, I'm going to joke about it. And we're going to both going to laugh about the mistake or this one, you have to say, Hey, don't worry about it. Or, you know, and even as a coach, it's like, sometimes you need to give the tough love to those players. And sometimes you need to be like, give them just the love to other players. But yeah. I mean, like when we, we had Rachel Daly on our podcast, she was like, English people have a different sense of humor. Like we <laughs> yeah. can just banter with each other and like make each other laugh and be like, yeah, who cares? This was a mistake. But she's like, but sometimes you have to like know which teammates like to like be easy on. Yeah. 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 And that's like when girls ask me, like, how can I be a better leader? That's one of the things I'm, as I'm like, you have to know who on your team can, can take like more, you know, hard feedback or criticism and who needs more of like that softer approach. So I like Alana, like it really was profound what you said, but so simple. It's like when your teammate is makes a mistake, like they're so worried about the mistake. So just by you going up and saying, Hey, it's all right. Like you're good. It's like, wow, like just such a relief. And how long does that take? Like five seconds to go say that to a teammate. And then you're literally yeah, I was gonna no, say ahead, you're literally ahead. ensuring that they'll yeah. they'll can they'll play better. It's like benefiting yeah. your the ex- situation you. you're in the middle of. Yeah, right. Nuts. It's like when when one person is confident, like it's it's just energy. It's positive energy and it's contagious, right? It's like if one person is insecure, then that energy is going to bleed into everybody else. It's like the saying that hurt people hurt people. Right. But if we're all more confident, then it's just like this collective confidence among the team, which number one is going to lead to better results, but number two is going to lead to a way better team environment. Right. We get, we get people that will message us all the time about like, they have to start a new team or there's drama on their team or things like that. And you forget how prevalent it is, but we even were just posting silly polls the other day. And we were like, are you close to your team? And the two options were like close like sisters or no, there's drama. And literally a third of people chose there's drama. 
So that is like, well, that's one out of every three people has the experience of they're on a team that there's drama and judgment yep. and negativity. And that's mm-hmm. too much. That's like way too much. Yep. Yeah. I feel like a, a lot of times that toxicity, like just, it like c- takes over and it like starts with the coaches and it starts with the leaders. And if that they're toxic, then it just, and there's drama, then it's going to take over the whole team. Cause that's just what you think it is. You think, all right, that's the mentality or whatever of the team. But then when you get that, like great leadership, like it really is contagious. And like, that's when the team's going to be most successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the leaders on the team really do play such an important role. Like you were saying, Shannon, like if they're up there judging players for, you know, making a mistake and, and being super competitive to the point where like people will kill each other to get a playing, a playing spot over another, it is so toxic. And like, it really does stem from, you know, the leaders of the team and like, and you could be a leader. You, you don't have to wear a captain's badge to be a leader. Like you can speak up and, you know, communicate with your teammates and make them feel good too. That is a form of leadership. So I think players all have that like have a responsibility to just show up and be be the best they can be and it literally will it's it's contagious and it will affect the entire team in a positive way yeah no it's cool that you guys do polls like that because I'll ask the girls that I work with too and most of them have have team environments or teammates that are dramatic and that it's not it's a toxic environment and I was lucky and all my teams like it was really really good right but like for you guys because we're talking about starting at the top, whether it's the coaches or the leaders of the team, it starts there. Like what, what can a coach do? Let's say that they kind of took over a team that has a toxic, toxic environment. What's something that a new coach could do to kind of like, I don't know, rewire that team environment. It's interesting. A lot were saying that they wish they had more bonding activities as a team, like off the field stuff. And a lot were saying they wish they had more team meetings so they could feel like they're heard, mm-hmm. which is great. And like, I, I'm so about like, people sometimes need like to be anonymous, to speak their mind or to, mm-hmm. to speak up and that's totally okay. And I think you can learn so much from people when you let them just express themselves. You can find the root, like, I, I feel like I've been on teams sometimes where like the coach was oblivious to who the selfish toxic player was like, and you're like, how do you not, how do you not see this? Mm-hmm. But your coach also isn't around you in the locker room. They're not around you when you go to lunch with your team, you know, so for coaches to, to give players, I think a, a chance to express themselves or speak, not trash talk each other, but just literally express their concerns for the team and what they think could be done. Can sometimes when a whole, when a majority of a team has the same collective opinion, it's usually a pretty good sign that, you know, this is a great area where we could fix some things and become a better team. Yeah. But the bonding, I feel like girls don't get to bond so much, you yeah. know, outside, off the field. I love that tip. And it just makes me think of our senior year. Um, our coach kept putting the seniors roomed up with the freshmen. So like, it was such a, it was, like at the time, you know, you, you want to be with your other senior or junior friends. But at the time, like, it was so cool to actually get to know the younger players who you might have not even, sp- you know, spoken to that much in, in you know, preseason of their freshman year. And I felt like that really helped the players look up to the older players and also the older players look at the younger players as like 
really good potential to help the team and like getting to know them more was really powerful. So I think that's very helpful, you know, to like, it's a team bonding thing. That's a bonding thing, you know, to get everyone to know each other more because people are misunderstood, especially the shy ones who don't really speak that much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's also like a coach, it's hard when you have so many players, but to also show that they care about the, the person, not just the athlete. So remembering things like birthdays, remembering your parents' names when they're at games or your siblings or just like having that one-on-one time, like even if it's just before practice, like call you over, how, how your class is going, just because it makes you feel like, oh, they really are invested in like me as a person. So I think little simple yeah. things like that, like make such a difference. Yeah, those are all amazing points. And like, like I, I'll tell my kids to like, you know, ha- have a team meeting. But I think a lot of times when people think of team meetings, it's like, them sitting there and just the coach talking. Right. So I like how Lana, you said, it's like, everybody is talking, everybody's voice is heard because when everybody can speak, it's like, everyone takes also more like responsibility for their, for the, for the success or the, the failures of the team. So I like that. It's funny. I'm sure we've all been on both sides of team meetings. There are the team meetings where you just sit and you're talked at, and then there are team meetings where it's literally a discussion and there's such night and day. And one is so productive and one is so unproductive mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah so funny yeah that's yeah that's a good a good advice for coaches so coaches listening go do that um but kind of the last thing I want to I want to talk to you guys about and ask you is I I you know when you guys first started soccer girl problems it was all about like for me at least it was like bringing the fun back into the game and like finding the humor even during like the really hard times and I think a lot of the times players think that I have to either be super intense or I can have fun and, and they don't see that they can be, you know, mutually, excu- mutually exclusive. So like in your guys' experience, how do you guys see fun and like, you know, high competitive, intense environments working together? That's a good question. I was going to say, I feel like there's a, a place for both yeah. <laughs> and knowing when to be one way and when to be the other way. There's nothing worse when you're supposed to be super serious and someone is taking it as a joke. <laughs> Um, but a lot, a lot of the laughing was hindsight. Like, I feel like sometimes you get back in the locker room after a, an intense practice where maybe you're, you got reamed out all practice. And sometimes you literally just need to like laugh <laughs> or like, feel like admit you were an idiot and did something stupid and like, just, just laugh about it with your teammates. It kind of just, it takes the permanence of like silly mistakes away a little bit, you know, and it just lightens the mood, but yeah. It'll be- I also feel like too, like with coaches, if they have a super hard practice, ending the practice with something really funny is the best. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm trying to think in college, like even if you play crossbar or something, like do a little quick, um, uh, when, what, what, what was it when Jim would put the goals then, like super close like together? world cup or whatever? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I love cup. that game. Like <laughs> having those that. experiences is so important for coaches to throw in there because you want the athlete to be competitive and work hard, but then you want them to also remind, you want to remind them why they're playing in the first place, like, cause they love it and they want to have fun and laugh with their teammates. So definitely something that they should throw into the weekly routine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, for me, the, the, cause I'm really competitive and for me, like those competitive games, like world cup or crossbar or, uh, like flying changes or whatever you want to call it. Like those were the most competitive games, but those were also where, where we had the most fun. fun right. Yeah. So it's like, you can be training at super high intensity 
and still like have a good time and joke around when it needs to be joke around. Like it doesn't have to be like pure seriousness and this sucks and this isn't fun. You know, like they can, they can coexist in my opinion. Yes. Very cool. All right. Well, I want to ask you guys, if you, if you want to share kind of one last parting piece of advice to lady ballers, as you guys would call them, lady ballers who are listening, um, you know, whether it's with their confidence, their mental health, just their overall journey, what piece of advice would you give them? It's so funny. We're asked this all the time and I feel like, a, like I say something different every time. I feel like we <laughs> gave a lot of our advice already. So yeah, I'm trying to come up with something else. Yeah. Like I, get, I, wow. I just thought of this, um, but something that I've been working on past college, not playing anymore, but just flipping the script. Like if something, ne- if I say something negative, I'm like, okay, let me flip the script. What is a positive I can pull out of it? And like we were talking about discussing before, like, what can I learn from this? You know, like mm-hmm. instead of thinking about how it hurt me, it should be, what can I pull the, uh, how can I pull a positive out of this? And it really does help your whole mindset for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would say surround time. yourself. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just saying attitude of gratitude. No. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I was just going to add, um, just surrounding yourself with like a strong support system. It doesn't have to be like the, the norm either. Like if you have parents who can support you, that's awesome. But if you can't have that, if you have friends, if you have mentors, like just having those people around you um, to give you like that positive like mindset. Yeah. Love it. Um, and I'd probably say that you should make it a point once a day or once a week to like literally say out loud, like I'm proud of myself for this. Like I don't we were so fast to recognize the things we do wrong or the things we need to do better. Um, but so often, like, well, I, like we never pat ourselves on the back for anything or we never say we're mm-hmm. proud that even if it's, we had a fitness session and we just survived it. Like I'm, I'm proud of myself that I just made it through that. And just taking that moment to recognize, you know, little victories, even if they're little, even if they're silly, uh, really goes a long way. I think mentally yeah. it helps counterbalance all the times we could critique ourselves. So. I love That's that amazing. so much. Mm-hmm. And lastly, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Like getting help and speaking to a therapist or speaking to somebody about your issues, like that doesn't make you weak. That actually makes you really brave and strong. And mm-hmm. I think players tend to think it's something, you know, that's a little scary for them, but like highly suggest it and you'll feel so much better uh, when you do get some things off your chest. You'll be a better player for it, you know? Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Cause I, yeah, I think a lot of girls are just, or people in general are think that that's a weak thing to do. And I waited, you know, 25 years to, to talk to a therapist and it was like 25 years too late, not too late, but you know what I mean? And I don't think you have to have something wrong with you to, to ask for help. So thank you for, for leaving us with that. Um, and then is there anything exciting, any new, I know you guys have a bunch of new, um, maybe not new, but programs out there. Um, so anything you guys want to share or new, new, exciting things you want to, you know, leave us with, that'd be awesome. If you guys want to share that. Uh, yeah, so we have things coming out all the time, but we've been focusing a lot on our education platform. So you guys could check out our e-courses. They're like really affordable and self-paced. They're on soccergirlprobsuniversity.com or sgpuniversity.com and then we have like our apparel and all of that on soccergirlprobs.com and then you can follow us for a laugh at soccergirlprobs on all social media handles 
Yep. Awesome. Yeah. You guys are, I saw you guys have the anxiety, the course on anxiety. Um, so that's really cool. And make sure you guys go check out their podcast too, because you guys have some pretty amazing guests on there. Um, so make sure you guys go check out their podcast, but thank you guys again for coming on and for all the words of wisdom you imparted. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Oh, so thank much. you for having us. Thank you.